Listener Production. G'day, it's Rusty here, all set for part two of my podcast with former bike racer turned successful builder, Marty Craigle. And when I say building, I mean some seriously impressive projects and construction work for some big names. More on that soon. Now, if you've come into pit lane and jumped straight onto the spare bike for part two without riding the other machine, part one, head back to the library and check it out. From the early days and turning down the family's wish for him to try cycling to backing himself by taking out a decent loan to go motorcycle racing. Climbing the ladder after encouragement from a few legendary mentors and coping with setbacks, especially a major crash that very nearly ended his career. We pick up part two by delving into the mental impact of that crash with wildlife at Phillip Island and how difficult it was to get back to racing. I don't want to dwell on the dark stuff because that's that's not um, a, that's a great thing. But, but, but yeah. yeah, I know. But I, I like it to be a, a positive spin, right? So, so were were there people that that helped get you back on track? What was it? Uh, just this sort of dogged mindset from you that I, I'm going to go racing once again? How did you How did you pull through that mentally? Uh, we didn't have anybody like now where you have yeah. anybody mind coaches, to, to, or, mind yeah. coaches yeah. or anyone to go to. <sighs> Luckily enough, after 18 months, it started to, it, it came good and I started riding again, but I was riding around with this contraption on my hand, which was lucker bands to open my hand so I could ride a motorbike. It was absolutely crazy in hindsight. So what, what did you have, like, like a string of elastic bands? Yeah, it's had these hands, it was like a claw that lifted my fingers up because it 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 came back like the feeling and the, mm-hmm. and the... So it could send a message. It yeah, could send a message. Yeah, but it, it was... It, it travels down your arm. So over a period of time, th- your fingers are the last thing and your wrists are the last thing that come back to life. Yep. And you're having therapy and steroids to try and keep the thing alive, but it's coming back to life because some of the, ner- you know, yep. most of the nerves are working. So then I've, you know, started riding with these. The claw. The claw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I started to ride well again. And then, yeah. Two, two things here, if I can. Firstly, um, did you kind of go back to, I mean, you only got one, one, one arm. Did you, were you going to go back to shipbuilding or boiler? What, what were you going to do? I couldn't do, do anything. I, was, I had mm. a paralyzed arm. Mm. So I was not working. Um, Are you on the couch at yeah, home? Yeah, on the you? couch, go, mm. just trying to um, rehabilitate, mm. going, going to physio, going to mm. the doctor's. We didn't have anybody to talk to. Hmm. And I think when you go through something like that, when a party, when you're paralyzed, um, this is just my theory. Yeah, go. It's it, your theory. It, yeah. yeah it, it, it scars you. It, it etches something in your mind. And I think once you go through that, you can go through anything. I like it. Yeah. I like it. The, but the, it the, was, the, the silver lining is it taught you something kind yes, of thing about yeah. it. Yeah. So no matter what happens now, it doesn't. I, I I just go back to being that person. What how I felt like that those months, and I can deal with it. Amazing. 
Yeah. Where were you when you rode a bike for the first time? Describe the feeling. Coming, coming I rode. Back. A, I rode a bike with the, with the claw at Winton because we did always... they, Did they tell you you're not allowed to do this? And yeah. you went and did it. Or? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Go. So Winton, yeah, what's so, the bike? Yeah, it's a super bike, and I got the claw on, and there was there was a guy there um, who was you know pretty pretty good rider, and I'm riding around with this claw, and he goes, "Geez, you're going all right." And I was, Sugar. Goes, hey. That's a good bit of sugar, mate, after the months that you've Yeah, this had. is over a year later. And yeah. I, 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 I said, are you playing with me? And he goes, no, you, you go. And I, so we started looking at lap times and he goes, they're not going to let you race, Marty, with that on your hand. I said, yeah, but I think it's going to come good. He goes, oh, you sure you want to do that? And I said, yeah. Anyway, so a couple of months later, things, the, the nerve is growing down my arm at that time and I'm... Coming back. Coming back. I'm, yeah, back. Yeah, back at work and back trying to get money again. Just let's let's go again. Here we go again. So awesome. <laughs> mm. What was the point where you committed to coming back and and having a pro and how did you stitch all that together after this period? Uh, so that yeah. So by this time we're into '94. So Peter was fantastic. Mm. Um, I said to him, "Look, can, I, can you give me an old bike? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give up." And he's like, "Yeah, we'll give you." He had an old bike. Jeez, he's good. He's yeah. like, he's, mm. he was awesome. Mm. He yeah. He, um, I don't know. He's, so what, what the bike? So it was a Kawasaki, obviously. Yeah, what, Kawasaki. What, yeah, so what'd you get? The, one of their old race bikes that was yeah. something that they they had spare. Kind had of thing. spare. Yeah. Yep. He said, "Yeah, we'll give you an old bike. Try again." Uh, and yeah, it didn't start off the season that well, but obviously yeah. trying to get back into it, got got my arm working better. Um, started training again. Started cycling. As a, because my knee was still very, yeah, uh, it was a, a point that was I was always looking. That was always the thing that was slowing me down because I couldn't run, so I had to cycle once. But then I started cycling, then I could run, and then I started my fitness improved dramatically. Did you drop a heap of weight in this dropped process? Dropped a heap too? of weight. And yep. And then started to go pretty well again, and Peter started to give me a little bit more support, and then. Malala two plus four. Yep. So when you hey, say when you say that to people listening, mm. we're talking supercars basically now. Yeah. You're on the program with the Australian Touring Car Championship. That yeah. was the great offering yeah. for fans. You were both there. So you're there, Malala. Huge day. I'm pretty sure you would have been there. Probably. Yeah. Peter Brock was retiring, I think, ninety four. Massive day. Yeah. Um me and Dad in a van again, all the Peter Jackson, Yamaha and Winfield Honda and Factory Ducatis and I won both races. Unreal, mate. Me and Dad in the van. Yeah. So Peter's like, bloody hell. And that night the phone starts ringing from Europe. Um, do you want to have a ride on our bike? And yeah. I didn't actually, I went to Japan a few times and tested other brands. Uh, but I didn't really want to do the wrong thing by Peter because uh -huh. he'd done the right thing by me. So yeah. I stayed with Peter for 95. Uh, and had a, yeah. Had a, had a really bad year in 95 mm. uh, for various reasons. Basically had the wrong tyres, everyone. I, yep. Peter hedged his bets with the team. He had Maladin on, and myself. Yep. Maladin was on Dunlops and he put me on Michelin's. Okay. And everyone was on Dunlops except he, but Michelin had a better tyre, but they just didn't bring him to Australia. So I okay. won a couple of races when it was really warm, but mm -hmm. if it was cold, I was out the back. Okay. He stuck by me for 96. And you stuck by him too. That yeah. green loyalty mm. served you well. What I want to... 
kind of fast track a little bit to here because you've talked about the the adversity, mate, and how you've come through that. You go on to win the Australian Superbike mm. Championship. Yeah. What did that mean to you, given was, everything it, you'd been through? Yeah, it was huge. Um, you win it more than once, I should point yeah, out yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. won it twice. Yeah, yeah we battling with Bayless for the whole of '97, last last race of the of the of Season. the series, last yeah. round. It was he wins or I win, we win the title. So it was a big race, and obviously with everything that we'd been through, it was mm. a, a big deal. And then. I won it, and I was. I thought back then it was actually everyone who had won the Australian Championship previous to that. Basically, it was a ticket to the World Superbike Championship. championship yeah. So I was the first guy that that didn't happen to. Two. So mm. I was gutted because mm. I thought I'm away. Here. I'm away here because mm. mm. that was the goal. Mm. And then I ended up racing in Australia in '98, mm. and I, I won again. But because I'd lost, Troy had gone to England. Mm -hmm. Matt had gone, Gabe had gone, Corsa had gone, everyone had gone. So I'd lost all my sparring partners. <laughs> <laughs> I'd lost interest. Mm. The guys that I was racing with in, in 98, I knew I had them. Okay. So I'd lost, I'd sort of lost interest a little bit. Mm. I'd sort of, I knew I, I went back to work. I wasn't training like I was. I put on five kilos, which is not a big deal, but you're mm. already a little bit heavy mm. at all. I won, but I sort of, Thought I'm not, I'm not, I can't do this again. So, so did you? Are you saying you sort of shelved the idea at this point of going overseas, or what? What did you think? I mean, I, if you, if you, I was know. a little bit disgruntled. Yeah, I just didn't. And we were racing a production bike as well, which was which was a 900 cc sports touring bike mm. against the ones in another series, mm -hmm. which I nearly won. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I was I was riding really well, and I'd already established myself but i just wanted to go overseas and mm. i didn't get that gig so i was gutted i was gutted yeah mm. I, I still won the next year because mm. i knew i had a handle on those blokes mm -hmm. i could have a couple of bad races get my act together and then win and mm. but I, you know did you ponder are, are you pondering a different approach at this stage because where we're getting to is a chapter in america you get to go to america yeah, and, and yeah. race there when did that the genesis of that come about when did you start thinking maybe i could do that or how did that how did that direction well the end of 98 barry sheen who was another mentor he was a bloody yeah. ripper bloke who helped a lot of guys he he spoke to his contacts at suzuki in england and i went to, to british superbike in 99 mm -hmm. and uh didn't have a very good season had a massive crash in the first the first round and mm -hmm. basically wrote myself off. What track were you at there? At uh, Brands Hatch, last corner, come onto the straight, 130 mile an hour. And I, I knew I was in the, I was, knew I was going to be up the front because I'd come in and I was about fifth or sixth and I'd put in another one of these ties, which I don't use anymore, with last one lap. And I looked at the, at the screen and I, Troy was second or third and I thought, oh, I'll, I know I can have. Mm run with him. So I went out and I had one more tire and I, the first three splits and then I, the, the, coming onto the straight, I just whacked the throttle open because I was used to these tires. You could just do that. And it just, yeah, you. Launched, launched me off at a And I ended up going into the fence 130 mile an hour. On the left there. On yeah. The left. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I was doing 133 mile an hour when my hand left the throttle. Went into the fence and just, yeah, broke up. 
the same one that you'd had the injury yeah, with? Yeah, if I, I'd injured my arm, but I'd injured my knee again and I'd broken my leg and broken my foot and it wasn't, wasn't a good result. Mm. <laughs> but then that whole season, because the, everyone says to you when you're trying to go overseas, we can't give you a ride because you don't know the tracks. Mm-hmm. So I rode after a couple of races, injured, finishing 10th and 15th on a factory Suzuki. Suzuki, yeah. Everyone's going, oh, this guy's no, no good. But I was, I shouldn't have been riding. I should have just come home mm-hmm. and started Called again. Called quits. Yeah. yeah. Towards the end of the season, you know, started to do really well again, but it was too late. Mm. The, the Sheeny phone call, or, yeah. or was that was that him coming to... I mean, he was here obviously with Channel Nine in a bike sense, and later with Channel Ten and so on. Did he sort of stop in and and oh see yeah, you, yeah, yeah. He was a great guy. You, he, he yeah. everyone loved Baz, but he was a mentor for so many guys. Yeah. Though, yeah. What, he he, just, what sort of stuff did he talk to you about? Bike setup, just yeah. life out of after you know, yeah. away from racing. Yeah, hey, Marty, you got to do blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he he would talk to me about how I was riding, how I was braking. He was. Talking about bike setup, mm. he would notice things. Mindset, mate, hey. mindset. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. What sort? What sort of mindset stuff do you reckon? Can just con- just concentrating, mm. and being around. He was very good about being around the right people. He was very, you know, mm. in business and in life. Kind yes, of thing, hey? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that year is effectively a, a write off for you. Did you curtail any further European plans at this point? And and decide to either go back to Oz or go to America or what, what I, transpires I next? didn't get a ride the next year. Rode a, a couple of races back here on a Honda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did really well with that. And then I got a call up to go back to England for the sort of half season on a Kawasaki that mm-hmm. Peter Goddard, had, he'd been flicked off. Okay. Uh, didn't do very well on that either. Did okay. Uh, um, and then the following, the next year, I went to World Superbike, which was unusual because Troy Bayless recommended me to Ducati. Troy had already done really well. Fantastic. Troy said to Paolo Chivati, who's now still running Ducati race, racing department, I, try get, this guy. Try this guy. He mm. can ride a bike. And I rode World Superbike, and I the bike was every race. Of, so the, every race of the year, my bike was slower than the top 15 600s. So I, through the speed trap, I was slower than sometimes the top 20 600s. What's going on there? Well, yeah, it was, and I'd come back in and my boots were full of petrol. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this ain't right. And anyway, really, a couple of wet races that did really well, nearly mm-hmm. finished on the box, but okay, yeah, then... The last round, Troy had won the championship, and Troy said to Ducati, "I'll give Marty one of my engines and a tech for the day." We're at Imola, and that was cool of him. Yeah, he. So I got one of his old engines and a tech, and I finished eighth. Boom, <laughs> boom! Mm. I can ride a bike mm. anyway. So I'd, I'd had enough, and then I thought, oh, I'm "This gonna... is brutal, though, mate, because you're finally where you want to be in in yeah, some respects, but it's up and down." Mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, these are great, uh, they're tough, yeah. but they're great life and business lessons, mate, aren't they, about yeah. how you, what yeah. you need to yeah. negotiate for or, or have. Got to be in, fairly in, resilient. Yeah, resilient. That's yeah. a great, yeah, <laughs> so true. Yeah. So I basically retired. At really? The, yeah, end of 2000. You called it? You called physically it, called it? Yeah, it? yeah. physically called it. Um, just had my, had had Max, he was born, so yeah. we with my partner at the time. 
thought I would just buy a motorbike shop and we just what they called it. Total change. Total yeah. change. This is enough. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard. I can't get a proper can't get a proper ride. And I was always a bit older and mm. You're worried you missed the window, mate, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, gotcha. yeah and I didn't yeah. want to, you know, I'd had just had my first child. Mm. So then we're into 2002. Then May of 2002, Matt Maladden calls me. He says, oh, how you going? Because we were teammates for mm -hmm. a couple of years. Yeah. He said, oh, there's a guy's fallen off a bike. There's a really good bike here. Do you want to have a ride? I said, no, nah, I'm over it. I've, I've, I'm done. I'm not riding any. I hadn't been on a bike since a September, October. We're now in April, May. So over six months. Yeah. yeah. He, he said, oh, you, yeah, okay. Anyway, so have a chat. Brings me back a couple of goes, you sure you don't want to have a go on this bike? <laughs> I said, I said, no, 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 no. Anyway, so I spoke to my ex. I said, oh, I'll just go for the weekend. <laughs> I'll see how I go. So I've always wanted to race in America because uh -huh. that was my dream. Yeah. Which track? So I went to see his point. Okay. I got on the box. <laughs> and he yeah, ended up staying there for seven years. Crazy, man. Yeah, Matt was a great help. Um, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it was, a, it was a second year Suzuki, but yeah. Peter Doyle was there, I think, at the time too, Yeah, wasn't Peter he? was there. He was yeah. with, with Yosh. I was on Valvoline bike. Yeah. Um, ended up staying there, helping Matt. Some great names in that championship too, and it was held in very high regard, mate, wasn't it? Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nicky Hayden won one year. Matt won most of them. Yeah, Ben Spees. So tell tell people listening of a couple yeah. of things. I mean, what's what's Laguna Seca like on a bike and stuff like Lagu that? I mean. Laguna Seca is awesome. Um, I've actually got hit by a guy at the top of the corkscrew. Um, Someone trying to outbreak themselves. Trying, on. Yeah, try, tried to outbreak me and hit me from behind. And I, at the very top, as you go over, yeah. I went over the bars and the bike and the track just disappeared because it's like falling out of an elevator. Yeah, a roller coaster drop, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Broke both wrists. Um, yeah, it's, it's so steep you don't get you don't get it on on. So where did you where did you live and where did you there, base yourself you, and what you do? Lived in California, yeah, in Southern California, which was awesome for yeah seven six years at Colorado for one. Excellent. Basically, at that point I was a bit older and I, was, I sort of. Knew that I wasn't going to be able to get back on a on a tier one bike. Mm -hmm. I was always on a second tier bike. Yeah. Couldn't get the right tires. You B grade tires, mm -hmm. but I was always I could finish top five. You made it work. I could you make. I could keep. I, I, mm. It's a tough way to make a living, and you got mm. to be out the front to be able to keep on getting a ride. Right. But I was good yeah. enough to do that, but I mm. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to run at the front on the what mm -hmm. I had. So mm. I wasn't. I was. For a few years, I was concentrating more on trying to help Matt, mm. trying to keep him on the straight and narrow and mm. keep him motivated and getting fit. I was helping him with his training. and Nice. A couple of Aussies. and Yeah. yeah, we yeah. Were, we were, we were, there was a lot of motocrosses living in the same area and yeah. a lot of road races were all lived in around the Ontario airport so we could fly out of there. Yeah. But a lot of barbecues on, you know. Excellent. On, on the Are week. you motorhoming it most yeah, of the time? Yeah, motorhomes. A lot of motorhomes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of motocrossing, a lot of cycling, and and, and Matt just dominated. He did, yeah, yeah. He really did. Yeah. Let, let's tell people a couple of highlights, mate, uh, from that American chapter. Is there a race, a place? Is there something that really stands out in your mind? What's the one from the American chapter that you sort of treasure? No, I won a race at Brainerd. It was pretty good in Formula Extreme, which mm -hmm. was a pretty good story. The bike was 1,340 cc's. <laughs> 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 um, 
That's good for a six foot two bloke, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's wild. Turn one at Brain, it's sort of the same as Phillip Island, but flat, got no camber. This thing had that much power. It, it, you go go from six to fourth or six to fifth, it didn't make any difference really <laughs> what gear you're in. It would just slide and wheelie on the way out. Unreal. Um, so you had a win. That was probably the highlight. Yeah. Yeah. Staying seven years is pretty yeah. significant, mate. But the, so. the arm was a problem all the it? whole way through. I there's all I couldn't I couldn't manage the pain with my arm. So I, I'd have a I'd start off Friday, my arm would be pretty good, and then Saturday I would stress it. Mm-hmm. So this is what you were talking about before about ice packs and things. Yeah. How are you how are you managing it? What did you do to manage it? it? Nerve pain's really hard because mm. it was there's sort of holes where stuff aren't connected connected and growing and getting nutrients. So, you, yeah, it's you, it's dead. And are you trying yeah. to hide this from oh, competitors and rivals and stuff? What are you doing? Nobody knew. Only, really? Yeah, Matt didn't even know. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So I've got a knee that doesn't bend on my left and I've got an arm that doesn't want to work on the right. So I knew that I'd has come to the end of my career, but I was just trying to help. And yeah. I, that's what I loved. Marty loves dirt bike riding to this day, and while he ended up pursuing circuit racing, there's some guests in the Rusty's Garage Library who stayed on the Supercross or Motocross path, like the legendary Chad Reed. The big thing is, is that it comes down to, you know, not only, you don't have to be, it's not just that you need to be an endurance athlete or an explosive athlete or, you know, it's like you have to be the fittest out there. You have to be the fastest out there. You have to be the most consistent out there. You can find that two-part chat with Chad Reed in the garage library. Now back to Marty with Rusty, one of the few people to ride a supercross track on a post bike. Nice one, safety Sam. When did you kind of call time at the end of the yep. uh, like and what did you what was the point where you went okay I really need to make a significant shift which we're about to discuss here so yeah and I had a really good year with with Boulder Ducati in 2007 mm-hmm. one couple of couple of races in Formula Extreme and then I'd signed a 3 year contract with Ducati Italy to go back to America on a superbike. So I went to America, to Italy, signed the contract. At the end of 2007, the GFC happens. So, so ra- it, it ra- makes it for you a little yeah, bit, this like, decision. Yeah, so racing's over. Mm. So I got the call in February of 2008. I'd, I'd sort of started thinking about what am I going to do life mm-hmm. after racing. Mm-hmm. But basically got the call, you know, Ducati's not going to race in America. Ended up, no one's going to race in America. Yep. So basically, I decided to pull the pin and I thought, well, I'm going to retire. I'm going to start a business and I'm going to get divorced all in the one day. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty heavy, serious decisions you're making. <laughs> Probably there. not the smartest thing I've ever done, but okay. ripped the band aid off and let's go again. So you come, you decide yeah. I'm going to come home? Yeah, come home. Did yeah. you know? I mean, you now have this company called Maz Group, which I think is tremendous. You're doing work at um, Melbourne Airport, significant works at Melbourne Airport, for example. We'll get to the the training that you did to get to this point. But did you have this idea before that even started or you didn't quite know what you were going to do in business terms? What, what were you thinking? I didn't think it would end up um, 
as big as what it has. I wanted to get it to a, a decent business, but mm -hmm. I always was driven to be able to, I always wanted to have a business. Yep. Construction? Um, construction. Or construction. Yeah, 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 I was a shipbuilder yeah. as a kid. Uh -huh. um, I just wanted to be able to, you know, be master of my own destiny. And, yep. Yeah. And, so what transpires? You've had, you've had this epiphany moment where you've made massive change and I'm in massive change in your private life and, and, and your decision to stop racing because of the GFC and so on. Do you come back and go, right, I need a few tickets. I've got to go and get a, you know, a diploma in this or a, what, what were yeah. you doing to get armed and equipped? Yeah. So that, as a baller maker, I just started working by myself at the airport as a, as a contractor. And then at a little while later, well, I've got to go back to night school, mm -hmm. get my diploma. I've got to get my builder's license couple of years later, I've got my builder's license. Amazing. And you are now a spokesperson around this stuff, aren't you? Some yeah, the, ambassador you know? for uh, TIV, for Trade Institute Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. Um, we use their students regularly. Do you? Yeah. We've got a lot of people that, you know, are from tier one builders that we've got uh, our staff are very well, very well equipped to basically do anything. Working at the airport, you can you can do anything. If you can mm -hmm. work at the airport, you can do work, build anything anywhere. Working in a live environment is very difficult. I've been there. It's been a couple of years since I've actually seen it, so I'm sure it's grown um, significantly in that time frame. Just just uh, a, a, a little rewind. When you started there, what was it you and what work were you doing there? It was just me as a boilermaker on my own. And, then and you're repairing. What, or just, what, 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 what things are you doing? Just contracting, welding, Pipe brackets and cleats okay. and stuff, just. And then I gather, mate, it, people are like, "Oh, can you fix this? Yes. Or we need one of those." Yes. Or... <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the guys who was a, a facility manager was whinging about one of the other contractors, hmm. and I'm welding away, and he's he's saying, "Oh, this door's security door, so it's got to be fixed." He said, "Oh, this bloke hasn't turned up," and I said, "Oh, I'll, I'll fix it." And he goes, "Oh, you, you, can you do that?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll give me a go." And <laughs> comes back a couple of hours later and it's fixed. And he goes, oh, okay, thanks for doing that. So this happened a couple of times. times yeah. A couple of days later, he goes, oh, we can't keep doing this through the guy I was working through. He goes, we'll put you on the books. Fantastic. So he puts us on the books and then yeah. a couple of months later, we're fixing everything and yeah. building some, doing some small projects. And then he says, well, these are, this other company's not really performing. We'll, we'll give you Engage the contract. You. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that. I'm not ready for that. He goes, I'll give you a hand and I'll, you know, mm. give you all the all the contacts and all the trades and see how you go. What have you got to lose? Mm. So you, uh, you're you studying at night time and what are you yeah. studying in here? What are you doing? Uh, building and construction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, going to night school after work. Yeah. <laughs> what tickets did you get yourself? What, what, what things have I, you? Yeah, got my di diploma in building and construction. Yeah. yeah got my Cert 4, started off with that. Yeah, three years of night school. And you, one of the things yeah. that, that is probably the great lesson for all of us, whether you're chasing the racing dream, if you're an aspiring racer, or someone who's listening that perhaps has their own business, you are, are big on work ethic. Mm. And if I, am I right in saying that you might have even brought the motorhome back from America and for a while you had it sort of at the office and it was like a temporary thing for you because you would fix stuff at all hours of the night. You, you, you made yourself on call. Basically, yeah, we didn't were, you? I live close to the airport, but we were. I was working eighty hundred hours a week. It's it was brutal. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, How many staff now? 
What are you up to now, do you reckon? 80? Roughly. 80. Yeah. And you have, uh, maybe not still there, I don't know, but the, the office was down towards the um, the jet base entry there. And you can, you're basically doing all kinds of projects at the airport to mm. begin with. You've, you've expanded beyond that since then, but there's construction and all sorts happening yeah, there, Yeah, small isn't there? civil construction. Amazing. We've got mate. our own workshops, offices. There's a lot of people are seeing what we're doing at the airport, which is really cool that understand if you can, people that are in very high positions, if you can work there you, in a live environment, 24 mm. hour, we're a 24-hour day business. Yep. You can work anywhere. Yep. You can build anything. So you, you, your goal with it has been what? What did you want it to become? And has it exceeded even what you thought it might become? Oh, it's ex- exceeded my expectations, that's for sure. It's The goal has always been to run it like a race team, I suppose, is the best, hmm. and have that c- crew around you that you a can rely on. And crew. De- 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 yeah. dedicated team. We run it like a race team where we look after each other, mm-hmm. where we sort of got that core group that look after the team. Mm-hmm. You're um, big on that synergy, mate, between racing and this business, aren't you? It's, it is. It, 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 yeah, it is actually... Are, yeah. There's uh, a lot of synergy. Yeah, there is. Yeah. To tell, tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, uh, well, when you... If you you're racing nationally or internationally, you, you're looking after each other. If somebody misses a flight mm. and somebody's fatigued, well, then and some, pick up the slack, no, some, somebody it. will pick mm. up the slack. You're mm. always looking after each other. Mm. So we're trying, to, we're trying to bring our team up like that as well, where mm-hmm. it's, 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 uh, it's a culture where we look after each other. So if somebody's doing the brake bolts on a superbike mm. and they notice that the wire, the tie wire, the safety wire is not done, well, everyone's there. Mm. looking at making sure it, mm. the key components of the job are done. Well, we've got a team that's built around that culture where we all look after each other. Mm. And, and and both, mate, are, I'm on the outside looking in here, but both are solutions businesses that require high-end quality. They require mm. attention to detail. Yeah. They're, they're both like that, aren't they? Yeah, and there's a lot of safety involved. Yes. Yes, and timelines, mm. uh, yeah, and obviously quality. When, you, when you're looking at a a MotoGP bike or a 500 or a Formula One car, the attention to detail is incredible. Yeah. So our quality is always second to none because I'm... Ain't like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, our finishes are, you know, we're yeah. very, very fussy about what our quality of work, our work. And because we're used to working to schedules, mm. we're very good with our timelines. Um, we've, you know, we've, we've always got good equipment because of the racing background. You've got to have the right equipment. equipment. You've got the right tools. Mm. We're very process driven, which is all comes from racing. racing. It's the synergies of. I love the parallels, mate. It's yeah. incredible, yeah. yeah, and with and it's worked really well. It's yeah. basically a race team that does construction. So don't um, necessarily talk clients because I wouldn't expect you to breach confidentialities like that. Um, just in a more broad sense, talk about what you're doing in sectors, maybe beyond the airport, because you've expanded from there now, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, we're we're working. Well, in aviation, shop, mm-hmm. yeah, doing a bit with shopping centres, doing a little bit with the government, and, Excellent. and, and some really high end clients. Cool. Mm. Where's it going to go for Marty Craigle? Like, what have you got a ten year plan, fifteen year plan? What are you thinking? We're just trying to grow it, mm-hmm. but we don't. We, we're saying no more than we're saying yes. In order to keep the, the quality and, and yeah, deliver, basically. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. We don't want to. We got to just keep things under control where we we don't want to mm. let people down. So we've, there's a lot of people that travel through the airport and, and see what we're doing, doing and go yeah. see well, the sign, see yeah. the see see us, and then go. Well, 
come back a couple of months later and look at it and go, geez, these guys have done a good job. You won't, you won't miss the sign, black, white and yellow, Maz Group. Anyway, mm-hmm. have a look at that next time you're at Melbourne Airport. Before we finish here, mate, the, the ties to, to motorcycle racing yeah. remain for you, don't they? I mean, you keep great ties with, with Peter. Do you mm. sort of keep a little eye on, you know, either young talent or perhaps even um, giving back to motorcycling Australia in some ways? What, what do you do there? Uh, I've been talking to Peter a lot about life after sport. Mm-hmm. Um, at some, I think we need to work on some sort of program for the kids so they can actually think about if they don't become, make it, make it mm. to be a Casey Stoner or a Mick Dorn yep. and sort of be a, that's a, great, a, a Marty Craigle. That's a, that's a great thing. I mean, mm. it's not, um, you know, often when we talk about elite athletes, mm. we don't like the notion of talking plan Bs, right? Because you've got to be that, that ultra committed yep. boy or girl. Uh, uh, in terms of your goal, mm. right? So if you talk plan B, a lot of people think, well, you're automatically on the path to failure because you've got that safety net, right? Mm. You've got to dispense with that safety net. But there is a, I think there is absolutely a need, uh, whether it be the sport, whether it be people managing athletes, where we have a commitment to to helping to set them up for what happens next, whether that's advice from business people about yeah, you know things you might need yeah. to get into yeah. or mentally hey be prepared because when the drug gets turned off yes pretty significant that, that that's that's a huge change in mm. your life yeah. are you ready for that absolutely there's, i think that there has to be something done they're doing it in all sports but not in motor i don't know if they're doing it with car racing but mm. they're not doing it with motorcycle it, it it it's still early days hopefully they do mm. i'd i'd love to be part of it um I don't, I don't know what they... But on the business side, basically, to say, look, you can yeah. do other things. You can yeah. apply what you've learned here. It's in not your, a waste of time. In your spare yeah. time, you should mm. be working towards oh, something, mm. some sort of mm. education, some sort of diploma or some sort of small business, get it going. Or mm. yeah, I'm, If you're not a Casey Stoner or a Mick Dorney, you're not making millions of dollars. Well, at some point, the drug gets turned off or the... Mm. You, you got to do something. And I got to the point when I finished racing where I couldn't even really concentrate properly because... You were lost, mate? You, or you're lost, but you, I, I was trying to ride a dirt bike and I was saying to my mates, I can't ride because I was actually had brain fog and I was... I'm going... Sort of the doctors, are, I'm, I'm saying I can't, can't concentrate because you... What do you put it down to? What I don't... That? I'm not sure what happened, but I've... Doctors are saying oh, you might be depressed, and, you, and I'm like, well, I'm not depressed, but I mm. just can't. I got brain fog, mm. and you just work through it. But I would have thought if I had somebody to go to to talk to about it, I probably would have got through it a lot quicker. Quicker. Yeah. Mm. Can we finish with a few things here? Firstly, um, I work um, within the listener group here on some automotive podcasts with Carsar, so I, I deal with Mike Sinclair a bit, who you yep. might remember. So. Sinkers says for me to ask you about Mad Eyes. Right, what, yeah. what is Mad Eyes? Where did that nickname come from? Uh, basically, it's just the way I I ended up with No Fear, if anyone remembers yes. No uh, Fear, that the yeah. eyes were, that was basically my symbol that were on the top of my helmet. Because of the way, because I was so tall mm. and I had to have my head tilted up, my, I was looking. You could always see your eyes. I could mm. always see the whites mm. of my eyes, and I always looked a long way ahead. Mm-hmm. So I was looking like I was mad because my eyes were rolled up. So I, one of the journalists, Ken Wooden, gave me the name Mad Eyes, and then 
no fear, I became a no fear athlete and they came up with these sort of crazy eyes oh. <laughs> and that was me and then that became really popular and then one thing led to another oh. and that's what I'm known as, mm. mad eyes. Awesome. I haven't heard that for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the late Ken Wooten too, yes. who was uh, yeah. just integral mm. in um, in covering motorcycle racing as, yeah. a, as, a, as a journalist. The bike at Eastern Creek that we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, yep. the shell machine, mm. how that all came about. Um, I'm very proud of that photo because it's very, very early days mm. in my in my career. What was that thing like to ride? You talked about the massive crowd on the day and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Massive, massive opportunity to pull that off. The bike actually wasn't that good. It, mm -hmm. was, it was pretty much a... But it was the early days in that foray for them, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, the, it was, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, Wayne had put this deal together with Shell. I ended up riding it and the bike was, it wasn't up to par. It, mm -hmm. it turned up and we had to do a lot of work on it. And um, I, That was 95. Then 96, I rode another bike at the 500 GP, Decent Creek, which was a, a Swiss auto, it was called. It had a, basically a 500cc sidecar engine in it. Oh. I forgot the guy's name that I replaced. I that thing was a rocket ship. The 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 other the, the one from ninety five, the shell bike was a rock five hundred, mm. which was with, with a Yamaha engine. But it just wasn't it was an old it wasn't it wasn't a great bike. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Wayne had, had sort of said, Look, we let you down here because it was it didn't have all mm. It was just worn out, basically. Yeah. But then the next year, they gave me another opportunity on another bike, and I did really well. And I got into the top ten. Same thing, coming down the, the down down the straight on the first couple of laps, and the crowd's just the Mexican way. Yeah. Sinker says those wild cards, although those mm. style of rides, he remembers very yeah. very fondly because of some of this stuff. I think yeah, that you're was, talking yeah, about. Yeah, and that bike was really good, and mm. I, I remember, you know getting in front of a few factory bikes and same thing, the bike, three quarters of the race, the bike stopped. Electrical problem. But David and Goliath stuff though, yeah, mate, compared yeah, to yeah, the factory machines. Yeah. Mm. The bike, is there one from all your time? Because you've kept yes. one. I reckon yes, when I've yes, been to the yes, office, yes. you've kept one, haven't so you? I kept my ZXR 750 that I won my championship on, which Excellent. is a pretty cool bike. Yeah. Um, Going to hopefully ride it soon. Are you? Have yeah. you been Have you been sort of doing more in, in a restoration sense, getting yes, it to? got that pretty much restored. Fantastic. Funnily enough, I've actually been riding motocross on the weekend with my son. I, I have not ridden at all for 15 years. How old is he? He's 22. He's yeah. just started riding. Yeah. He's Enjoying it? He's he's loving it. Excellent. I kept him off uh, bikes as a kid. Did you? So he's a, an adult. He's didn't buy him a cycling bike for Christmas, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. No, we kept him off bikes and now he's, he's into bikes. So That's nice for father and son, mate. It is. Mm. And I've it's been really good for me mentally because I think having that, doing that exercise and using mm. all those skills and riding motocross, um, you know, I read a thing a couple of months ago, when you when you get to 50, you should be brushing your teeth with your opposite hand. And I'm thinking, Christ, I'm riding motocross. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, it, you know, you see how people are, that, mm. you know, with not using their brain. As they get older and mm. not staying stimulated, and yeah. I, I think yeah, riding dirt bikes <coughs> has helped a lot with you know, cool trying to 
stay focused at work and yeah. having something to look forward to. And an outlet. And yes, an outlet. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Final one. What do you reckon the best piece of advice is that you've had along the way in, in this whole journey from from some of the guns you rattled off in the pit lane there before that have been in your corner or offered little bits of advice along the way, even those that have perhaps extended in, into business, mate? What do you reckon the key takeaway for Marty Craigler is to you know, where you are today and what you're doing? Uh, work hard and it's, it's the people you mix with. Yeah? Yep. That's, that's what I've learned. I've got some really good mentors, uh, guys in, in – we wouldn't be where we are in business other than the people that are mentoring me. Oh, we've got guys that are doing multi-billion dollar deals that are advising me. Mm -hmm. uh, one guy's done a trillion dollar deal, which is incredible. Um, you sit up and take notice of some of those little Those guys little, can those just say stuff. Nuggets. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, it's, it's who you hang around with. and. Yeah. And work hard. And work hard, yeah. Amazing. You've proven mm. that by working hard, yeah. you can do it, mate. Mm. I reckon that's a great lesson for young racers there, that never give up thing with your injuries. Mm. Do you do you hobble around a little bit now? Are you a bit sore each day with the between the arm and the and the leg or are you in I'm ironically better good, shape? Actually, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Look, looking after myself as much as I can with – but you know how it is. You've got to, you know, keep, keep, keep moving and keep mm. – don't stay still. And that is you to a T. That's a nice way to wrap this mm. up. Congratulations, not just on winning the Australian titles, on the American chapter that you that you had, the great um, the great tenacity that you show, mate. But and in particular, the way you have transitioned into business life and and taken the racing principles and made a great success of it. And we wish you continued success. Thanks for coming in today to the Thanks. studio. Thanks, Greg. Rusty's Garage is written and presented by me, Greg Rust. Series editor and producer is Thomas Dullard. Audio production by Link Kelly. If you've got a guest suggestion, get in touch with me via social media. The Garage, that's where a journey begins with a tank full of passion-fuelled stories. <laughs>